0: welcome back to middle school it's a zoo out there so just be cool don't speak too loud try to fit in but if you
1: And welcome to The Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and with me, as always, is Sam Chung.
0: Hello, Marissa. My question of the week for you is, how come we're the last people to have reviewed the ColourPop palette that came out?
1: Because, alas, we are not influential enough.
0: I know. I'm seeing seeing people reviewing this thing on YouTube, and you just had to... uh, <laughs> you had to order it online and wait for it like just a peasant.
1: I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to call me a peasant.
0: I mean, a non-peasant, I guess, a um a member of the elite would just receive it, but a peasant <laughs> would have to order it, wait for it to come via standard shipping, probably had to pay for shipping.
1: Free shipping.
0: Free shipping? Oh wow. <laughs> what a what a gift.
1: No, you are absolutely correct. I am a peasant. Colourpop got me hook, line, and sinker. At the end of the day, 20 years later, I am still spending money on Lizzie McGuire themed lip glosses.
0: I know. And are they even good lip glosses, or is it just the fact that it's related to Lizzie McGuire that makes it enjoyable?
1: Well, I have actually never ordered makeup from Colourpop before, but I have certainly heard of it they do a lot of really cool collaborations and are a pretty well-known makeup company that's the thing my mom was like marissa you barely wear makeup and i was like i know but like am i not going to just buy an eyeshadow palette that has lizzie mcguire on it absolutely
0: well i guess this could actually work in your favor because now everybody knows that we had to buy it like a regular plebeian and so (laughs) We haven't, we haven't been paid to give it a positive or a negative review. So if we get it and it's terrible, we can be like, hey, this was actually terrible. So I guess that gives us a little bit of leeway in our critique.
1: True. And I just went full throttle and bought the entire set. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I am really excited for it to arrive. Perhaps next week's episode we can start to assess. Can't wait. Will you test it with me?
0: I don't, I have no barometer. I don't, like, you could, I could test it, but I don't know, like, if it would be good or bad because I have nothing to compare it to.
1: You forget your stage makeup days.
0: That was very minimal makeup.
1: <laughs> I am most. My skin
0: always just glows regardless of what you do to it. I can't help it. I just glisten. <laughs> <laughs> so they they never needed to do too much as far as stage makeup went.
1: True. Why did I just say true? I don't know why I just said that. Creep. I don't know why I just said you were glowing. <laughs> um.
0: That was just how you always saw me.
1: <laughs> That's not even true. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I am most excited for the lip scrub that comes with it. And the eyeshadow palette. You know, there are a lot of very iconic... When you think of the Lizzie McGuire color palette, the hot pinks and the lime greens and the deep purples, which are a bit out there for me, but there actually are some really nice neutral shades as well that I can definitely see myself using for all of these virtual panels (laughs) that I will be indefinitely attending.
0: Yeah, no, it's a very eclectic mix of colors.
1: It is. And you know, my favorite thing about the ColourPop drop First of all, the fact that, of course, I made my purchase the moment that it was available to me. But the fact that, so this this company, they like announce their drops in a very social media-y way, right? Like there's like a, here's, we're going to release a drop and guess what it is? And a lot of build up to the announcement and they release like little clues along the way. So many people across multiple platforms people who follow me on Twitter people who follow me on Instagram tagged me in this drop memo and that's how I know that like I have a brand and it is strong I people associate (laughs) me with Lizzie McGuire that is all I have ever wanted
0: (laughs) wow um yeah I guess you've made it but not enough where they would just send it to you
1: not enough to be a beauty influencer yeah but yeah, I mean, other than that, it has been a relatively quiet week on the media front over here. We actually don't have any Marvel updates, do we?
0: Not this week, no. no. I think we are we haven't watched any Marvel movies this week. I have instead been diving into Last Chance U Basketball. Love watching some just junior college drama.
1: You really are a sucker for it.
0: I know it's just like the the stories of all these kids and how they end up in JUCO. They're real, ter- they're real uh, tear jerkers.
1: You have tears.
0: Well, not for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're emotional. I'm not actually crying, but you know, I could see how somebody else might cry watching it.
1: I saw that it was a basketball season, and I mean, that is right up your alley. Yeah, they I'm got, li- they I'm got l- you. Hook, I'm line, a little bit finger. late to the
0: game. Um, this has been out for a while, but finally getting around to watching it.
1: Cool. And then my big TV news for the week is that The Nanny is now streaming on HBO Max. And I'm so happy. I have been waiting for The Nanny to be available to binge for years. It is one of my all-time favorite shows. There's such a place in my heart and so much nostalgia associated with The Nanny. I'm so happy. And I will never skip the theme song HBO Max. How dare you? Wow,
0: that's a lot of commitment.
1: It's the commitment you need. When when the nanny is on, you you sing the theme song.
0: That's a bit too much enthusiasm, I feel like, but okay.
1: I think for me, yes, it's funny and the the styling is iconic. Fran's wardrobe is a whole, you could do a whole podcast just on what Fran wears. But for me, I just have such fond memories of one summer. I stayed up every night. Between the hours of, I think, midnight and 2 a.m., it had a block on Nick at Night, and that was kind of how you binged something before binging was a thing.
0: (laughs) That's not not binging. That's just how things are scheduled on TV.
1: (laughs) It's not binging, but what I'm saying is, like, if you wanted to watch every episode of a syndicated show, that's how you did it. You knew when the blocks were. Yeah. And you committed to watching it during those blocks. There was purpose.
0: Yeah. No, that still exists. That's like my job.
1: (laughs) I know it exists. I'm just saying that I like when I was watching The Nanny, there wasn't even the option to watch stuff on Netflix the way there is now or Mm -hmm. on every streaming platform to ever exist. And just like the Jewish representation is so good. Like all of just the casual, the casual Yiddish and Fran's mother and the babka, the tchotchkes. Oh, my God. I think it was really the first time I saw a sitcom like that with a leading Jewish lady. And, you know, Fran Drescher fought for that. The network wanted Fran to be Italian. And Fran was like, no, no, no. I am Fran Fine, a Jewish lady from Queens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have started rewatching that. And it's just all the good vibes, all the good memories. Also, the, the sexual tension between Fran and Mr. Sheffield. I think the show taught me what sexual tension was. Wow. It's so good.
0: Well, there you go.
1: But yeah, we have quite an episode of Lizzie McGuire to talk about. It feels like we just watched so many episodes of Lizzie McGuire all in one 22-minute package.
0: Yeah, no, this was definitely quite the filler episode. Every show does this, you know, there's, um, for example, the breaking bad episode with the fly, you know, they pick episodes where they have to, it's kind of like they ran over budget, right? So then they have to be like, Oh, well, how can we fill most of this episode without going over budget? So for example, the fly episode happens all in like one warehouse where it's like, this is going to be how we're going to cut the budget. Like this entire uh, episode is going to be pretty much unrelated to the plot overall, And it's just going to center around this one very simple story. Lizzie McGuire chose to do it by saying, hey, this episode is going to be purely flashbacks. I think probably if we counted up the time, between 40 and 50% of this episode was stuff that we had already seen before.
1: Yeah, and the wild thing, this production-wise and story-wise is the season two finale.
0: I mean, it felt filler to me.
1: That makes it so much weirder, right? Because this episode is very much about how much Lizzie has grown, and eighth grade is ending, and getting ready for high school. And this is the episode that really leads into, they mention graduating from middle school, which is something I've never understood as a concept.
0: You didn't have a middle school graduation?
1: I mean, now that I'm thinking back on it, there was some sort of event, but it wasn't like you'll see in the movie. They're in like robes. And this is the episode that really now leads into the Lizzie McGuire movie.
0: I just loved that, uh, you know, Ronnie finally got the recognition that he deserved. What about that Ronnie guy?
1: There was so much (laughs) Ronnie.
0: Lizzie's clearly not over Ronnie (laughs) from the season two premiere and- how can you be over Ronnie? He's he's Ronnie. <laughs> and
1: she's like, thanks for bringing up Ronnie, Gordo. Yeah, like,
0: she's, she's clearly not over him yet. She's like, thanks for bringing up Ronnie. And then they have to reiterate that Ronnie is going to regret his decision for the rest of his entire life.
1: Yeah, we get that whole scene again where she's crying in the library. And I guess what they're trying to do is have the audiences now seeing it through a new lens, now knowing how Gordo feels about Lizzie. But it's like... You don't need that. It was it's, pretty obvious the first I time. I know. That's
0: not a new lens. It's the same lens that existed when he showed up and saw them kissing, holding, and he was holding a bunch of flowers. It's the same perspective. Um, it's just even more annoying that in the 23 episodes since then, he's made no progress.
1: And then Lizzie has to make the first move.
0: Yeah. You rock. Never change.
1: We'll get into that, because I have a lot of thoughts about that moment in particular
0: about that about that sentiment you rock never change like they're going to change and we want them to change very badly
1: yes you will not be the same person that you were in 8th grade i'd argue that 8th graders are perhaps the worst versions of themselves as as humans
0: i mean miranda's already changed she's now just a concept she's no longer a person <laughs> so yeah She's changed. And was Miranda in this episode? But I'm not going anywhere. No. She was going, she's now on vacation with her family. And what a turbulent couple uh, episodes (laughs) for Miranda. She's uh, sick. She's at her aunt's. She's visiting her family in Mexico. She's on quite a, a roller coaster of her own.
1: You're getting so much mileage out of that clip.
0: I mean, it was so poorly timed. It was literally like the episode before <laughs> she went everywhere that was not Hillridge Junior High School.
1: I know. I appreciate, at the very least, they don't let us forget about Miranda in this episode. and At least we get to see her in flashbacks. And, you know, I miss her greatly. I, I stand by the fact that she might just be the glue that holds the show together.
0: Oh, she definitely is. I mean... You've seen Gordo fall apart, right? Like and we even get a reminder in this episode about how like Miranda has been sort of his confidant about how his changing feelings and his changing body are responding to <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. And now Gordo doesn't have like his outlet to really like talk about what he's going through. He's just he only can turn to himself. He's not gonna turn to Larry Tudgman. As much as Larry Tudgman, you know, offers to be that person. And so Gordo is just spiraling out of control.
1: Yeah, he is falling to pieces. And the show quickly devolved from really great friendship feelings and a really great show about friendship dynamics in middle school to, quite frankly, an awkward tween rom-com.
0: Yeah, that nobody, nobody asked for this.
1: No, and... To, to speak more broadly, I have a lot of feelings about this concept, and it's what a lot of shows and book, just media in general likes to have this situation. I mean, it's it's a trope, right? The friends to lovers trope in romance, where if you're a guy and if you're a girl, if you are best friends with each other, well, that just means that one day you will inevitably fall in love. It's the whole when Harry met Sally thing, right? men and women can't be friends, and I feel like without Miranda, this show didn't know where else to go but to lean into that
0: it works it works the same way the other way too, where it's like Lizzie seems to have like a crush on literally every male that moves
1: <laughs> well, it's literally this idea that she just wants to be liked so badly that if anyone even gives her. The tiniest bit of attention she's like oh somebody likes me i like that i like (laughs) them (laughs) what would you think of this as a season finale series finale actually
0: yeah this is the last episode of lizzie mcguire ever i guess they're trying to be kind of nostalgic by remembering all these moments across two seasons but it's very strange because they've spent so much time sort of establishing that each episode is an isolated event um, where I feel like for maybe the first three quarters of the season, it seemed like they had just no regard for anything that they had done previously. And it's really been over the past kind of like five to 10 episodes that they've remembered things that they've done in the past, referenced those things and react to them in the present. It's just, it feels so, it feels like a different show, honestly.
1: No, you're totally right. And this yearbook was reaching back to some some of Lizzie and Gordo's seventh grade photos got into the yearbook.
0: Yeah, this didn't make like, they Like, there should have been a yearbook between, like, for example, they reference um, when Gordo came in in the Come Fly With Me episode, the Frank Sinatra whole, like, Rat Pack thing. And I distinctly remember that was a season one episode. So there should definitely have been a yearbook, unless they've been in eighth grade this whole time.
1: No, because there was the, just like Lizzie, beginning of eighth grade, we're different people than we were in seventh grade.
0: Right. Okay. So then, yeah, the Frank Sinatra Gordo in a suit should have been in the prior yearbook. Why would you include that in this yearbook? That's so weird.
1: It makes no sense.
0: But yeah, I feel like we're getting into the weeds of this episode and we haven't even introduced it yet.
1: I know there's just so much to say, but you're right. Let's take a step back. This week, we are unpacking Lizzie McGuire season two, episode 24, Bye Bye, Hillridge Junior High. It's the end of junior high when the kids sign yearbooks and reminisce while worrying about high school. Gordo's also worried whether he should reveal his true feelings for Lizzie in what he writes in her yearbook. And this episode aired on February 7th, 2003. So not lined up with Summer.
0: No, not even close. And there's going to be like 10 more episodes, so it just doesn't really make that much sense.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting to think about the choices they made because I think what I have deduced is that Lilane's sudden exit threw things off in the scheduling for season two, and they really wanted to make it seem like she was gone but not forgotten. Oh, but don't worry, she comes back. So everything got really jumbled at the end, but I feel like it would have made more sense just to – let it happen organically, and just let her kind of fade away. And they were really particular about keeping this last four or five episodes together. This is the first time we've really seen, even though it shifted earlier in the season, production order-wise, the last, I think, five episodes have lined up. And that that's very apparent. As you mentioned, we're seeing these arcs develop in ways that haven't before.
0: In any normal show, right, you get the news that one of your cast is leaving and you write them out in, like, a way that's like, okay, this person is written out. And unless it's, like, lost, you're like, yeah, that person is gone forever. And they just didn't do that with Miranda. They, they're, like, leaving the door open for it never to be shut because she's not going to come back. Like, she's not in the movie, right? She's not coming back for that. So it's like, why are you leaving the door? Just write her out and then you can just stop referencing it. She's just gone. Like come up with a storyline where like she's there and oh her parents are move or like her family's moving to Mexico and she's gone like you know you're not getting another season. You know that she's not gonna be in the movie. Why are you just continuing to like prolong this um hope, quote unquote hope? It just doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Well, I think that the problem was that they didn't know that there wasn't going to be another season. There was a lot of talk and negotiation and there was a really strong sense that there would be a third season post movie and so perhaps they were leaving the door open for Lilane to come back
0: so why was there no third season post movie
1: because negotiations fell through but yeah let's let's jump into the episode chronologically i feel like we it's very clear that we have a lot of feelings and that we're kind of all over the place so let's just let's just do it The episode starts at the McGuire house where Matt is sleeping in front of an open fridge on a watermelon and we find out that the air conditioning is busted. I think my biggest problem with this episode, outside of all the flashbacks, is that they didn't know what to do with the B story and with Matt. It's a very weak conclusion for Matt McGuire.
0: Yeah, this is the most useless B story ever. We never find out if they fix the air conditioner.
1: We never saw the indoor pool.
0: Yeah, we never see the indoor pool that they make in the basement. Molina's there for like a second, and then she's not there.
1: What happened to Lanny?
0: Lanny is just nowhere to be found. It's really stupid. I don't get why they included it. Me either. Don't worry. We'll have Inspector Pratt look into it.
1: I am Inspector Pratt, and I am here to inspect. Gets me every time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Matt is now in summer mode.
0: Yeah, so he's just not going to school at all.
1: (laughs) Clearly. And Lizzie comes downstairs. They bump into each other as they are simultaneously entering and exiting the kitchen. And Lizzie doesn't have time for any of Matt's antics because she's going to high school. And she has a very unique and creative song for that.
0: Yeah, and also it's... A little premature, right? Because she still has to get through the entire sum. Well, this last day of middle school and then the entire summer. This seems like something that you would be doing um, in the week leading up to
1: going to high school. Yeah, especially when we get into the whole idea of the high school students setting an expectation for the freshmen and Lizzie's excitement turning into anxiety. I was like, girl, this is very premature. Enjoy your summer. Enjoy your life.
0: Yeah, you need to You need to relax, bro.
1: <laughs> but right now, Lizzie's like, I'm going to high school. I'm going to high school. And it's annoying. Everybody thinks it's annoying. And Sam and Joe's reactions are also a lot.
0: Mostly Joe.
1: Mostly Joe. Joe was honestly kind of triggering because I just thought of my own mother.
0: Yeah, no, I saw a lot of your own mother in Joe <laughs> McGuire in this moment.
1: Um, she just starts spiraling through Lizzie's entire life, flashing before her eyes, going way, way down the timeline. And Lizzie's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't have time for feelings. I need to write You rock never change 800 times in people's yearbooks.
0: This yearbook is like the plot device that will never die. Like <laughs> I'm so tired of this yearbook. I feel like it con- I feel like I mentioned this the last time when they had Monte Carlo night, but like this yearbook just like keeps coming up. Just like, no one cares about your stupid yearbook.
1: It's a recurring motif.
0: It's not a (laughs) motif. It's like, it's just so annoying. Get over your yearbook. No one's going to look at it ever again. It's your eighth grade yearbook.
1: (laughs) Wait, so you're telling me that what I wrote in your yearbook has not defined our relationship for the rest of...
0: What you time. wrote in my yearbook?
1: I don't even know what I wrote in your yearbook.
0: No, but not only my... This is an eighth grade yearbook. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, when was the last time you went and looked at your eighth grade yearbook, if you even have it?
1: I think I do have it. Let's go check it out after. <laughs> oh, so you,
0: was it within the last decade? No. And at the time, was it even like a big deal to you? No. <laughs> like, this is not... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but this affinity for the yearbook and the obsession with like what are people going to write in my yearbook is just like not a thing. And maybe it's just because you know that like you're going to keep seeing your friends. Like you're in eighth grade, they're not going. You're going to the same high school. You're going to see them all next year. It's just very strange.
1: I feel like a lot of years I didn't even get a yearbook because I didn't want to pay for. Like, you don't just get a yearbook every year. It yeah, is an you have investment. to pay for it. But yeah, yearbook feelings are prominent. At least something about this show is consistent, though. Gotta give it that. Then we cut to theme song. Now we're back. Lizzie is still very excited. She's singing her song. But then, dun-dun-dun, there are signs all over the lockers. Warnings from seniors of Hillridge High telling these 8th graders that they need to know the rules. Before they make a huge mistake And cross their paths
0: I promise no senior In high school This also doesn't make sense right the seniors in high school Are leaving they don't care about What you do in the high school this would be the Juniors who would write on the lockers
1: That's true but in all Fairness once the seniors Graduated like if this was post graduation Then the juniors could be Referring to themselves as seniors But at the same, t- the end, like, the at the same time
0: Nobody cares
1: No one cares cares this much. Like, who's going to
0: go print out a bunch of flyers, tape it to literally every locker in a different school just to intimidate some younger children? Like, nobody cares.
1: Yeah, Sam, did you experience any freshman year hazing? No. Me either.
0: And I was on, like, varsity sports teams with people from all grades, and it just, like, never came up.
1: If anything, I think the upperclassmen looked, to freshmen in a more mentor mentee kind of way, especially I would imagine in sports, like nobody's trying to tear you down.
0: No, I feel like, yeah, to your point, there's like people love just like talking about themselves and just like (laughs) showing off to you all the things that they know and that's basically any upperclassmen when you get there. They're like, oh, you need to do this and this and this. And it's like, it's not necessarily mean, but it's like, they just can't help themselves. They're like, I know this and I'm going to impart this onto you and my way is correct and you need to do it this way. And But it's never like mean, you know, it's like these people are just like, everybody thinks they're important and that they know everything. And so they can't wait to share that knowledge.
1: Yeah, and in a very like, I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I did way. So... Fear not, of course Kate is ready for high school She is already hanging out with varsity cheerleaders as an 8th grader So she's all set And then she has a sick burn (laughs) for Lizzie
0: Yeah, oh yeah, too bad uh, Miranda isn't here Otherwise you could have two signatures in your yearbook that was a sick burn, and that was probably the best reference to Miranda not being there that we've gotten so far.
1: Yeah, at least at least it was creative, right? And at least it was coming from, I liked that it was coming from Kate.
0: Yeah, no, that was a good one. I appreciated that.
1: She also calls Lizzie a loser, right? She goes, later loser. And this really affects Lizzie in a way that it normally does not, right? She's like, Kate is right. Maybe I am a loser. And she really just wants Gordo to sort of, Pump her up and inflate Her ego I think that's what Gordo Is to her right
0: yeah and Gordo Has become this like very I don't really know how to describe it it's not like Possessive but it's like the step that you Take before you start to become possessive (laughs) Because now he's like Just don't listen to that snobby Hairspray manicured dunce What Gordo doesn't know is that Just an episode ago Kate was out here Being like
1: Gordo's had a crush On you for like Ever yeah, what the heck, Gordo? You're being a dirk. <laughs> what a dirk? Yeah, this episode really gave me shades of season one Gordo.
0: Yeah, I didn't like Gordo in this episode.
1: And then he's like, and plus, don't worry. I've already been to high school. It's not bad. Yeah, it went
0: great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we get to relive that montage. So Then we flip back to the useless B story. I almost don't even want to talk about the B story. That's how pointless it is, but... We will skim over it It'll briefly. take like five
0: seconds of your life. Defin- <laughs> I
1: know, but that's annoying. Um, Sam is naturally bad at fixing the AC. We have seen this before, that he is not as handy as he would like to think he is.
0: Also, why is there air conditioner in the attic?
1: That was very confusing to me.
0: Also, something that I've learned just in my conversations with California individuals is that it's very rare for a California house to even have a basement.
1: That's like Florida too, right? Yeah. Is there a like a geological reason?
0: I I don't know what the reasoning is. I'm not a I'm not a construction foreman. I guess it's just like that they don't need it.
1: Who needs a basement when you have a sprawling mansion? Yeah. No, but I was also wondering why the AC was in the attic. And then Matt and Molina enter in their swimsuits all Restless and annoyed because the public pool is closed for two weeks. Whatever will they do? But don't worry. They have a scheme. And they have very schemy faces, as they always do.
0: Very suspicious.
1: Moving on. So now we cut to Lizzie is in her bedroom. And to which I have to ask, this is definitely a different set, right? <laughs> this is a different bedroom.
0: I feel like it's a different bedroom every time.
1: I know. I was like, what is this room? There was no personality, no spunk, no Lizzie.
0: I know, no Aaron Carter posters. What is this?
1: This is making me want to do some back research and just, like, pull up different clips of Lizzie's room and just to prove that we are correct in our identification, that it keeps changing.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: And now we get a heart-to-heart between Lizzie and Sam.
0: Yeah, and Sam's coming into her room for really no reason. He doesn't want to talk to her about anything. He comes in basically just to have a conversation, but the conversation happens from what's happened. in the, Like, why did Sam come into the room?
1: I don't know. He was just like, hey, can I come in?
0: Yeah, and then he doesn't, like, say anything before he leaves. Like, he's just there. Come on, do better, writers.
1: I just thought it was hilarious the way... That the edit is trying to make it seem like Lizzie has done so many things.
0: Well, you're burying the lead here. The lead is that apparently Joe and Sam have known each other since their freshman year of high school.
1: Okay, no, I was definitely not going to forget about that. That is a definite plot hole.
0: Yeah, because I thought they grew up, uh, I thought Joe grew up in Washington and Sam grew up in Michigan.
1: Yeah, Walla Walla, Washington. And Kalamazoo.
0: Yeah. So, are we to are we to now assume that they grew up together and then went to separate universities, or no, or was that where they grew up? I'm so confused.
1: I am also so confused on this backstory. Everything. That we have known prior to this point has led to my assumption that they were college sweethearts, that they grew up in different places and they met in college because we even got backstory about college.
0: Yeah. And there was like another guy, right?
1: In college.
0: In college. Yeah.
1: I'm upset. (laughs) I am perturbed.
0: Yeah, no, I don't have any. I don't have anything. I don't have anything for that.
1: Do some character sketches, come up with coherent backstories and then stick to it.
0: Unless Sam is remembering another girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's definitely meant to be Joe. And I don't like that. Yeah. It makes no sense. It does not. But yeah, then he jumps into how much Lizzie has grown up in middle school. How many things she tried. She ran for class president. Fail. She did rhythmic gymnastics. Quit. She saved the environment.
0: He made her quit.
1: And got her first job. Fail. And even Lizzie's like, Yeah, but I failed at all of that. And Sam is like, but you tried. And the only time you fail is if you don't try. Very after school special. Yeah, but you tried. And the only time you really fail, honey, is if you don't
0: try. I think you're going to do just fine in high school. Really. Did that music remind you of anything?
1: It certainly reminded you of something
0: so much drama <laughs> i'm remembering these like music beats now because i play them so much and when they recycle this music i'm like i know that song <laughs> although i did not know the song that they played at the end of the episode but that's uh, a different a different issue and i i didn't spend quite as much time trying to find out what it is i did like one google search and couldn't find it so that leads me to believe that it's just some stuck music
1: we'll get to that yeah we will So after this heart-to-heart with Dad, we go back to, we're at school the next day. The moment is here. They have their yearbooks.
0: Yeah, their Monte Carlo scheme worked. And hey, there's Miranda in the yearbook. And hey, there's Gordo in the yearbook in a scene from season one. And here's Lizzie having an embarrassing moment. Love it.
1: Of course. So then we move into sign my yearbook, sign my yearbook. And first up, we get... Larry Tudgman asking Lizzie to sign his yearbook. And I, for one, love that Lizzie narrated this experience for us.
0: Yeah, she gave Larry's yearbook, uh, you know, comments. Probably the most thought out of anybody.
1: Larry Tudgman, you ate worms and beat me as class president. You surprised me and ended up being a great date. You are so Tudgman, and I am so glad. Yeah. That's almost a love letter.
0: It is. And Gordo's right there.
1: And then, here it comes. Here it comes. Lizzie says, as Larry walks away, there goes the only boy who ever truly liked me in junior high school. And we see Gordo looking at Lizzie, right? And he has this, like, wistful look on his face, right? Like, he's not the only guy who likes you. But then he asks about Shy Ronnie. What
0: about that Ronnie guy? (laughs) Gordo was traumatized by <laughs> having to watch Lizzie and Ronnie just making out. I was. Lizzie may have forgotten about Ronnie, but Gordo never will.
1: <laughs> I was so shocked by how much screen time this kid got in this episode.
0: <laughs> I know. He thought that he was only getting one episode out of this. Turns out he actually got two. Props to you, Shy Ronnie.
1: I know. And a significant portion of this episode was dedicated to first, you know bringing him up but then as lizzie is asked to sign someone else's yearbook gordo is watching lizzie and it dissolves into the memory of comforting lizzie after the breakup
0: yeah and like a very long snippet of it a long vignette if you will
1: the whole thing
0: the whole thing (laughs) yeah and um then it cuts back to the present and he's like literally smacking his head against the wall and Lizzie's watching him do this, like, what is wrong with you?
1: Have you ever done that in real life?
0: Smack my head against the wall repeatedly?
1: Like a true head desk in a moment? public
0: space. <laughs> no. And Gordo's like, oh, uh, I'm. this is nothing. I have a headache. Well, obviously, now you have a headache. You've just hit your head against the wall repeatedly.
1: Is that what he says? Yeah.
0: Lizzie is like, oh, what's happening over there? And he's like, oh, I have a headache. Like, well, I wonder why you have a headache, Gordon.
1: Serves you right. Yeah. <laughs> but then he asks to sign Lizzie's yearbook.
0: Did Lizzie sign Gordo's yearbook?
1: Yeah, they swap.
0: What did Lizzie write in Gordo's yearbook?
1: Unclear. You rock, never change. <laughs> I don't mean it.
0: Oh, that would be so bad. I, I part of me hopes that Lizzie wrote like, "I know you have a crush on me."
1: <laughs> Make a move.
0: Kate told me everything. What if Gordo had just written this?
1: You're out of you're out of breeze, you're so to which Lizzie would reply, "I am literally right here, <laughs> back at the house." Now, Joe is working on the AC because we all know that Joe McGuire is the handy person in this family.
0: Yeah, Joe McGuire is about to head off to tough as nails.
1: Truly. She's kind of onto Matt because she's like, Matt, whatever you think you're doing, don't. And not a whole lot is really said here, but there is this insinuation that Matt possibly made a pool.
0: Yeah, and my question is, that basement looks like it was full of stuff. Remember when Matt and Lanny did that, like, uh, web series out of the basement? There was, like, a full room. Of, so did they just, like, fill the pool or fill the basement full of water regardless of what was in the basement already? Or did they move everything out of the basement and then fill it with water? There's so many logistical questions that I have.
1: We will never know. But we don't need to think about it, really, because before we even blink, we're back at school Gordo is just pondering endlessly over what to write in Lizzie's yearbook. And we get this moment between Gordo and Tudgman. I really feel for Tudgman here because he is trying so hard to be Gordo's friend. And Gordo is just like, no.
0: Well, yeah, we've mentioned, I feel like several times on this podcast that...
1: They're compatible.
0: Yeah, if any two people should be friends, it's probably Gordo and Larry. And we even get a flashback to Dwarf Lord.
1: Yeah, and what a mistake it was. Oh, man. But Tudgman's really trying to have a heart-to-heart here to be Gordo's Miranda in this moment.
0: Yeah, and Larry's recommendation is probably the best recommendation anybody's given Gordo ever. He's like, steer clear of Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you don't want to go down that path. Like, thank you, Larry. That's what we needed this whole time.
1: A dame, a heartbreaker.
0: Yeah. Then we got a flashback to the kiss. Ronnie is back again. What about that Ronnie guy?
1: <laughs> so much screen time. And it was through a yearbook picture. How did Ronnie? <laughs> How did Ronnie make the yearbook? He doesn't even go to their school. And why would you post a photo of two students kissing in a yearbook? This makes no sense.
0: One day, Ronnie is going to open up, you know, have a mutual friend and open up the yearbook from Hillridge Junior High. And then he's going to see his picture and be like,
1: "Mm." I don't even go to this school. (laughs) 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 It's so, it made no sense. But yes, we get the flashback of Gordo's trauma watching the kiss. We get the flashback to the murder mystery party.
0: We get a flashback to him talking about it with Miranda in the hall. And Miranda's like, are you jealous? And Gordo is like, what are feelings? Yeah. Yeah, he's really spiral. He needs Larry Tudgman, honestly.
1: He does. I think they would be great friends.
0: Especially with Miranda gone.
1: And then he starts writing, dear Lizzie. And the moment he does, Lizzie comes over and sits down. She has put together a survival package for high school. That includes laminated cards with rules to make it through. This felt very unnecessary and premature.
0: Yeah, I know. It's definitely way premature. And thinking about like the structure of the episode now, it's almost like Lizzie being afraid about going to high school is the A story. And the B story is actually Gordo just spiraling in his own thoughts. And then the C story is Matt trying to build a, a pool in the basement.
1: No, you're so right. Gordo is the B story.
0: Yeah, Gordo is the B story and Matt and whatever is going on at the house is the C story.
1: Yes, Gordo suddenly became a protagonist in the series finale.
0: Yes. And we got a we even got a did we did this happen already? We got a flashback to his bar mitzvah. No, that happens later.
1: That happens later.
0: He's like, "You helped me when I was still unclear about who I wanted to be as a man."
1: <laughs> as a man.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Lizzie's made a bunch of index cards. She's also made a map about areas in high school that will be safe for them. And it's coded thus, or it's coded in such a way that red are areas where they should avoid. Pink is areas that she thinks that they should avoid. And the blue areas are safe. But the entire map is red and pink.
1: Nowhere is safe. And then Ethan comes over and he asks Lizzie to swap yearbooks. And she's like, yes. Yes, absolutely. Full out Yankster yearbook out of Gordo's hands. And Lizzie, 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 you just really at this point, it's embarrassing these unrequited feelings for Ethan Kraft, who has been very clear and honest and upfront about his feelings and intentions. You're not going to get married. He is not the guy for you.
0: I know. And it's like, I feel like if you asked Lizzie, like, can you write down the things that you like about Ethan Kraft? The entire list would just be like, he, he looks nice. Like, I don't think Lizzie can tell you what she likes about Ethan Kraft. It's purely an animal attraction.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, we even see that when they have conversations, there's nothing there.
0: <laughs> the lights are on. <laughs> Nobody's home.
1: Nobody. Empty house. Yeah, and, and Lizzie's,
0: Lizzie's really, like, trying to think about what to write for Ethan because, you know, she still believes that this is going to be the most important literary work that she's ever done. Uh, dude, cheerleaders <laughs> can't leave him waiting.
1: Priorities. Oh, he then tells her that he's going to play water polo in high school. You should check it out.
0: I mean, Lizzie will be able to check it out whenever she wants. They're going to practice in her basement. <laughs>
1: And her takeaway is, of course, Ethan is going to be a jock, Kate is going to be a cheerleader, and I'm going to get stuffed in lockers. And I don't know where this insecurity really comes from, like why she feels like high school is going to be so incredibly different.
0: I mean, I don't get where she gets the impression that high school is going to be better. She's going to be around the same people she was bullied by in middle school. Like I don't even get where in the beginning this excitement about high school like everything the pecking order is just going to change even came from
1: Because high school you get to reinvent yourself and be anybody you want that is the narrative
0: Okay (laughs) Well, you know, maybe now that miranda's gone lizzie actually can reinvent herself into what probably just another version of kate So (laughs) it might be a step in the wrong direction, but hey, she'll be a different person
1: Yeah, and speaking of kate Over on the other side of the cafeteria, she has a line of people waiting for her signature. Sometimes it's such a drag being this popular. (laughs) Not. (laughs) She signs Tudgman's yearbook. Harry, change your shirt and get a clue.
0: This is so rude. This made me so mad. They literally went on a trip to Miami together. (laughs) You know Larry's name. Come on now.
1: I know. Show some respect. For the touch. Show some respect Okay, Inspector Pratt I am Inspector Pratt <laughs> and I am here to inspect And then this leads into a montage of all of the times that Lizzie and co have full out bullied Kate
0: Yeah, and when they show it in a montage, it's an alarming number <laughs> of times Like, they've traumatized this girl The amount of times she's had her face just like planted in food fallen into a body of water had just like physical harm done to her it's very concerning like gordo and lizzie and if miranda too if she was there need to seriously look themselves in the mirror and be like are you proud of this montage that you just showed
1: i mean lizzie certainly is she laughs oh and guess man. what
0: they're terrible people
1: <laughs> gordo likes it when lizzie laughs
0: oh man love laughing at the expense of somebody else who doesn't <laughs> yeah, you watch that montage and you're like You deserve to be stuffed in a locker
1: Oh, absolutely They are always so up on their high horse And think they're such good people <laughs> <laughs> And they're actually like little monsters themselves
0: You're like, this is a series. This is a bad look for you
1: Oh, absolutely
0: Even worse than this
1: Yo, 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 What's in some monster jams That might be worse Yeah <laughs> But yeah, then back at the house, we do learn that, in fact, Matt created an indoor swimming pool. No real conclusion. That's kind of the conclusion to that.
0: Yeah, we never find out about the air conditioner.
1: Are they still sweaty? I mean, Gordo
0: probably is. Ooh. He's out here remembering all the times that they fought, and then all the times they've apologized to each other.
1: Yeah, you always have your friends. Except when we're fighting, and we get my my friends... friends. (laughs) You get the Lizzie and Miranda dance fight scene. What was that about? Do you remember what that was about?
0: Was that when uh, Lizzie accused Miranda... or Mar- Lizzie didn't have Miranda's back when they were shoplifting, I believe. And that kind of <laughs> devolved into a larger conversation.
1: Yes. And then we got the Amazing Race Across Town episode where they were all mad at each other for still kind of unclear reasons. And um. then... <laughs> To my surprise, we get a Dwarf Lord intervention. This is aversion therapy. The framing of that is still, you know, that Lizzie and Miranda pulled him out of a dark place. And it's like, no, you developed an interest outside of your bubble and your bubble did not like that. Yeah. It was incredibly possessive. And then we get Lizzie diving in front of the paint for Picture Day, episode two flashback.
0: These flashbacks are so all over the place. The timelines don't really match up, but it's fine, I guess. And Gordo's main takeaway from this scene is like, Lizzie, you're a good person. You're nice to your enemies. Objectively not true based on the montage we just (laughs) saw two minutes ago. Uh, You supported me when I was trying to find out who I really was. Flashback to his bar mitzvah. And uh, no matter what happens, he has her back.
1: got your back, McGuire. And then... Final scene, we are back at school. Gordo still hasn't finished writing in Lizzie's yearbook.
0: Did she say like a month later? Is that Was that her being facetious or has it actually been a month?
1: <laughs> I think it was facetious.
0: Because I could also picture Gordo just like <laughs> laboring over what to write for literally a month.
1: He gives her yearbook back to her. He gets distracted by other kids asking him to sign their yearbook.
0: Yeah, we that was definitely Parker, right? And she's going through the same thing Gordo's going through. She's going to take Gordo's yearbook and just deliberate about <laughs> what to write in it for an entire month. Probably. And then end up writing, you rock, never change.
1: Which is literally what Gordo ends up writing. This tickles Lizzie McGuire way more than it should. This- yeah, she's
0: like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, is it? <laughs> you hated that you had to write this and that this was, this was characterized as, as the message with no thought behind it.
1: You rock. Don't ever change. Except, I really mean it. One extra line.
0: And Gordo doesn't even mean that. He hopes that she changes into his girlfriend.
1: (laughs) This is true.
0: Like, why does Gordo want things to not change? Gordo wants, this makes no sense.
1: I don't know, but it really awakens some feelings in Lizzie McGuire that cannot be explained.
0: Uh, no, they can't.
1: And this leads into just a full... Lizzie Gordo montage of memories. Where's Miranda? Doesn't matter. This is a rom-com now. Principal Tweety calls everyone over for a group photo. Now you were like, what is this photo for?
0: What is the photo for? They've already, the yearbook is done unless it's just for like, here's the other thing. If this was the actual graduate, but it's not the graduation because the graduation is going to happen in the movie. Yeah, what is this picture for?
1: This is just last day of school.
0: But. The graduation should be the last day of school. So this isn't the last day of school. They have to go back to school for the graduation.
1: Oh, no, no, no. The graduation is at a separate venue. What? That doesn't make
0: any sense. Then that would be the last day. You wouldn't take a pic. Oh, oh my God.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's a photo for the memories. The music starts to swell. We get little blips of... I really liked the little touch of Ethan and Kate asking each other how their hair looked. I thought that that was a nice little little moment and lizzie's like gordo promise we'll stay close to each other even in high school they're all gathered for the photo he already
0: promised that
1: (laughs) she needs continuous affirmation they're all gathered for the photo the flash goes off and then we see the end result in photo form oh my goodness lizzie mcguire made the first move And she is kissing Gordo's cheek.
0: Huzzah!
1: In the final (laughs) shot of Lizzie McGuire.
0: Wait, but Lizzie. What about that Ronnie guy? What about him? I mean, I don't think she's over him.
1: I mean, honestly, props to Lizzie for making the first move. Gordo was certainly never going to.
0: She didn't ask him if it was okay if she kissed him. She's like, may I kiss you?
1: Oh, I'm not even going to say The movie's going to annoy you so much. I already know it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't
1: wait. It's it's iconic. And speaking of I Can't Wait, that was actually the closing song in the original series. And once again, we get some mediocre stock music. And the most savage part about this is that I can't wait is sung by Hillary Duff.
0: Yeah, right. It's a Hillary it's a Hillary Duff cover of I Can't Wait.
1: I'm shocked.
0: Once again, licensing just <laughs> Ruining this content for everybody Although the music that we got was, you know I didn't think it was harmful
1: It was fine It was
0: fine It was no out of reach
1: And that's that That is what was supposed to be the season series finale of Lizzie McGuire Yeah One of the weaker series finales I've seen, not gonna lie I appreciate the attempt at nostalgia It just really bothered me that Like you said, half of the episode was flashback clips. And I appreciate Lizzie making the first move. But then I feel like if I'm remembering correctly, as if this movie isn't burned into my brain, the movie is just going to act like that never happened.
0: Well, it's going to be so weird, right? Because now we have 10 more episodes where it's like that never happened.
1: Oh, yeah. It's about to get wild on the outfit repeaters.
0: I feel like... I'm already getting frustrated.
1: If there's anything (laughs) to look forward to, Silver Lining, it's not the end of Miranda. We will see her again.
0: Oh, yay. I do like that.
1: Move it!
0: Miranda's back.
1: (laughs) Really looking forward to her being back in the mix. But yeah, should we talk about some outfits?
0: (sighs) Yeah, let's talk about some outfits. I mean, nothing really stood out. Without Miranda, the outfits are pretty bland.
1: Another thing Miranda adds.
0: I know. Like, I thought we had just gotten into our, like, Union uh, Union Jack American flag tracker. Like, you, you, Lizzie and Gordo are never going to wear any American flag paraphernalia.
1: Yeah, they don't have to overtly display their patriotism because they are white.
0: I mean, yeah, nothing is, like, standing out here in the first couple minutes. Who are Kate's friends? None of these people are clear.
1: I don't know. All of the friends, all of the number twos have disappeared. Where is Miranda? Where is Claire? Where is Lanny? I'm about to I'm about to rank out a conspiracy theory. It's just weird, right? That all of the all of the number twos
0: I mean that is weird. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's just something but that's like, weird.
1: It feels like it could be. I, I, I would need to massage it and like figure out what it would be. I'll come back to you next week.
0: Well, okay. what about this outfit that Kate's friend is wearing? How would you describe this? Barbie. Just Barbie?
1: (laughs) She looks like a Barbie. Yeah. You're right, though. Not a lot to talk about.
0: I mean, that's because so much of this this outfit, so much of this episode is just flashbacks. I mean, here's Gordo looking like a straight curtain from the 60s.
1: Not a great shirt.
0: (laughs) I mean, I feel like I've seen that shirt from Lizzie before. Yeah. If we want to call her an outfit repeater.
1: What a part. Good old zigzag. Yeah. Ethan's hair looks particularly good. I don't know what it is.
0: I mean, after you shave it fully once, it it just grows back in better. That's what they say.
1: That was a dream sequence.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, he literally (laughs) did that. That's canon now.
1: It's so funny to me, too. Like, he just looks, Clayton Snyder looks so much older than everybody else at this point. And he's not even that tall. He's 6'1". It's just everybody else is so short.
0: Can you believe this is the last day of school and Lizzie didn't even have uh, any internal monologue about what she was going to wear for picture day on her last day of school shocking and then she just comes out with basically something that she would wear any other day it's true this flashback to them she looks so much younger so
1: young i was thinking that too i
0: feel like her face changed
1: her son luca looks so much like her oh we didn't talk about the fact that hillary duff had her third child in the last week as well that was news oh congrats to her yeah. She yeah. had another daughter named May.
0: Oh uh, wow, look at that.
1: Sam, should we name some MVPs?
0: Yeah, and I think you know our mine is going. Go. What about that Ronnie guy? Shy Ronnie, congratulations. I thought we'd never see you again, but you're clearly still on everybody's mind. You get my MVP this week.
1: Congratulations, Shy Ronnie. <laughs> what a comeback.
0: I know, and the fact that it was like Not only did he come back, but he came back in such a present way. (laughs) I think that's what really just like blows my mind. Like Gordo is still having PTSD. Lizzie is still having PTSD. Shairani played a big role in this episode, even though he was not physically present.
1: Yeah, Shairani is just off living his life.
0: Shairani is out. I mean, Gordo can say what he wants. I think Shairani has no regrets because like Larry, he's probably also like, yo, run away from that situation. but. Yeah, no, Shironnie, you get my MVP. I don't think we actually gave him an MVP, did we? In um the episode that he was in. So actually, yeah, no, in the in the episode that Shy Ronnie actually appeared in, um, it looks like I gave my MVP to Joe. You gave your MVP surprise to Gordo. <laughs> Why would you? Why did you do that? I don't even remember now.
1: I don't remember, but and Rachel, Rachel did also too. Did. You
0: and Rachel both gave your MVPs to Gordo. And
1: we both actively dislike Gordo, so I don't know what happened. I don't oh, know. Oh man,
0: I'm going to have to revisit that, but yeah, though now I'm even more like this is the right thing to do because Shyroni didn't even get an MVP in the episode that he appeared in. No, it's definitely Shyroni's time for an MVP here in episode 59. Congratulations, uh, Shirani. You're my MVP.
1: I just, I have to give it to Lizzie McGuire. Oh, yeah? If anything, because she made the first move. She figured out the situation and she went for it.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So this is. And I
1: respect that.
0: This is actually a big development because that puts Lizzie back in the lead by half a point.
1: It's a real tight race here.
0: It is. I like all these, what I all of these like one MVP nominations that just came from me. Ronnie, Cody Pearson, Andy, Melina. Actually, I think you gave the one to Melina, Fredo the chimpanzee, Nana, Gammy McGuire.
1: I'm surprised that Melina hasn't gotten more, but I feel like Melina never really gives us enough. Like, you're she almost gave us there. Nothing.
0: She was here. She was in this episode, but she gave us, like, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no, definitely underutilized. And I feel like, honestly, had probably as many lines as Lanny would have had, which is zero.
1: Yeah. I am on the edge of my seat to know who will be the true MVP.
0: Yes, it's going to be the race of the of the year. <laughs> yes. And this is an Olympic year, mind you. So yes. <laughs> that's how important this is.
1: And I think that's a wrap. On season two, episode twenty four. Bye bye, Hillridge Junior High. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter or email us at Outfit Repeaters Podcast at gmail.com.
0: As always, you can find uh, this episode and any other episodes of the Outfit Repeaters that you want to listen to either at our website, www.PaginatedMedia.com Outfit Repeaters, or on any platform where podcasts are available coming up here at Paginated Media, many podcasts happening now. So tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, will be episode two, right, of Older and Wiser, Marissa, the podcast that you're doing with Kelsey?
1: Correct. And with special guest, Rachel and Solomon. She is back. We had so much fun. So if you enjoyed Rachel's presence on the Outfit Repeaters, be sure to check out our episode of Older and Wiser.
0: And um, on Thursday this week, no episode of Crowning Around. But if you hadn't had a chance last week, we did recap for April Fool's Day the Downton Abbey movie <laughs> from 2019. Carlin and I went in with no knowledge of Downton Abbey, never watched an episode in our lives. Ivan loves Downton Abbey, but did not prepare for the podcast at all. So, what could possibly go wrong?
1: I'm actually really excited to listen to that one. I haven't, I haven't, I have it queued up.
0: Okay, so just a quick teaser for you. I thought the movie was wild. It was one of the craziest movies that I've ever seen and I enjoyed it. It was completely insane. There's an assassination attempt on the king of England and that's a subplot. That's like that's the midpoint of the movie. That's not even like that could that in itself could be a plot of an entire movie, but no, that gets like 5 minutes and it's resolved. It's it's just so it, it blew my mind as like a piece of storytelling,
1: and you don't even have the context of the house of Downton. No, I have to no care about.
0: I have no context of the house, and it's it's a fun listen. I would say go listen to it, and yeah, that's pretty much what we've got going on uh, here at Paginated Media.
1: Yes, and be sure to tune in next week when we recap Lizzie McGuire season two, episode twenty five. Bunkies. Bunkies? Bunkies. (laughs) What's a bunkie? I have
0: no idea what you're saying.
1: (laughs) B-U-N-K-I-E-S. That doesn't help.